It's Zotag. Welcome to Zotag Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts, and um, hey, it's the 40th episode. I've made it to number 40. Shout out to Zubak, man, for uh, being the player that wore number 40 for us. Um, yeah, it's a little bittersweet since we made it to 40 but lost our 40, and we won't even hit 40 wins this season, so... Yeah, basically started this podcast um, last year. It's been going pretty well, and yeah, it's been awesome talking Lakers basketball with you. Even though we've been shitty this season, a lot worse than what a lot of us thought we would be. But in all, on, in all, on, in all honesty, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So yeah, today's number forty. Um, it sucks that we traded number 40 for a guy that can't even make a shot in L.A. I believe he's averaging like three points since being in Los Angeles. And meanwhile, Ivica Zubac's the starting center for the Los Angeles Clippers that will likely make the playoffs. So it is It's just hilarious how things have gone in Los Angeles, how things have gone for players that played in Los Angeles that were either traded or just not re-signed. You look at Brooke Lopez, Julius Randle. D'Angelo Russell, um, Lou Will, Zubak. Everyone's either having a really good statistical season or making the playoffs. Hell, even like Jordan Clarkson's doing well in um, Cleveland. Not sure about Nance, but just crazy what could have been in Los Angeles if we just kept a more big picture kind of. Um, view instead of a short term, hey, we got to get this guy, we got to trade all these guys for it. Yes, you want to get LeBron, but like, what are we going to be next year with LeBron? It's just, it's, it's strange. What are we this year with LeBron? Is anyone coming this summer? Are we trading the entire team to get someone? Um, Who's our coach next season? Is Robin Magic still here? There's so many variables that whatever went wrong this season, whatever might have gone wrong this season, went wrong. Um, we weren't given the good luck that we needed to make the playoffs this season. We weren't given the good health. We weren't given a good bench. And it's just, it's been a shit show. And there's no other way to say it. It's been a major letdown for us Laker fans. Uh, we thought our playoff drought was ending. Instead, it's continuing. And not only that, you add into Lonzo's ankle, Ingram's blood clot, and it's just, it's depressing times in Los Angeles. It's, my energy as a Lakers fan is drained. We came in with such optimism, and then we're a losing basketball team. We're the fourth best team in California. Got swept by the Knicks this season, so just, just crazy, man. Uh, the season seemed to have started to crumble when Lonzo and LeBron both got that triple double versus Charlotte, and the season was never the same after that Christmas game when we beat the Warriors and LeBron got hurt with his groin injury, and it's just been downhill ever since 
a lot of losses, a lot of bad losses, a lot of trade rumors, a lot of shitty veteran bench play, um, still terrible coaching, boneheaded front office mistakes, um, and it's just nothing they've done this season, like front office-wise, coaching-wise, gives me hope that we're going to fix it next season. Um, and it's just, it's turned us optimist fans into pessimists, and it's not fun. I'm tired of losing basketball. My first 18 to 20 years of life were good Lakers basketball. We're able to see five championships with Shaq and Kobe, then Kobe and Powell. Um, and even when they weren't winning, they were at least going deep in the playoffs as well. So we got to see a consistent contender year in, year out. Um, and now, ever since Kobe's Achilles, it's been a five-year rebuild, basically, and... Yeah, at least like the previous five, like we were shitty, we were tanking, it was comedy, we were playing guys like Robert Sacre for an extended amount of time, playing uh, players like Ryan Kelly, uh, Jabari Brown, um, who else was playing, uh, Wayne Ellington, uh, Marcelo Huertas, we just had so many just funny ass people. Tariq Black, um, Jordan Hill, all these guys, Swaggy P, Jeremy Lin, Carlos Boozer. We just had a Swaggy P, a collection of misfits. Put them out there with the young players we drafted, like D'Lo, Randall, Clarkson, Nance, and just said, have fun. And we don't expect you guys to win. Just go out there, play basketball, and whatever happens, happens. And now, this year, when we actually had expectations, we had a all-timer come to us in the offseason, which is LeBron. We're 31-39. and 39. We're basically the same record as last year, and it's depressing. Last year, we were 31-39, and 39, thinking next year is going to be our year. We're going to re-sign Randall, probably keep Lopez, and sign either PG-13 or LeBron. Instead, we get LeBron. He gets hurt comes back tries to trade half the team and since he's been activated we've been as a basketball team record wise terrible and we're going to miss the playoffs it's a depressing season it's and this is not all on LeBron nor is it all on Lonzo or Ingram it's on a very the very easy um, target on who to blame and who should we seem blame it's Luke, the bench, and the front office. Those are the three people that should receive blame. Would it have been cool to see LeBron go 2012-2013 Kobe and lead us to the playoffs? It would have been great. Um, stats aren't everything, people. So for the people that are saying LeBron's still averaging 28-8-8 and since return, yes, but they're not in winning games. They're in losing games. There's a difference between doing whatever t it takes, both offensively and defensively, to win a game versus just put up nice stats. There is a big difference between the two, and a lot of people that just point at box scores don't understand that. They don't understand why 28-8-8 eight, and eight sometimes won't lead you to a victory, whereas like 27-6-3 and three on maybe some inefficient shooting while playing great defense and just doing whatever the hell it took to win that game, there's a difference between the two. So you can't just say, well, this guy put up 28-8, and eight, He's better. 
you kind of have to look at the actual game, which a lot of people just don't want to do. They just want to look at box scores and form opinions off of that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't use as fans efficiency stats or true shooting stats or synergy or whatever. Yes, we should use that. But that's not the end-all be-all. It should be watching the game plus adding that, plus wondering why things happen. Why does X amount of person win while putting up this while B person puts up this stats but loses? There's there's a middle ground where we should all come together, yet it just never seems to happen. Um, but yeah, LeBron should not be blamed. We wanted to make the playoffs. We signed an all-time GOAT. And then we aren't going to make the playoffs in his first year in Los Angeles. It's going to be the first time in a long time that LeBron doesn't make the playoffs. I believe he missed the playoffs his first two years in the league, and that was it. Um, it's also his first year in the West. Maybe there's a certain correlation. Maybe there's not. Um, but yes, also the young core should not be blamed. Um, Lonzo was turning it around very well. Ingram was definitely playing the best basketball of his career before the blood clot was found. Um, Kuzma, as inconsistent shooting-wise some nights might be for him, he's at least out there trying, playing hard, and for the most part, pretty much filling up the stat sheet in similar ways to LeBron. Not as great, but like they're there. And Josh Hart should not be criticized as well, even though we do get on him about his three-point shot, but he's playing through knee tendonitis. Sometimes I wish the Lakers would save him from himself and shut him down and just let him get surgery on that knee earlier, which has been talked about by him. But yes, those three, four players should be absolved from most of the blame, while the bench, front office, and coaching and training development staff should be definitely looked at in a negative manner. Um, we might be cursed, honestly. Uh, whether it's from the bad coaching we've had this season where... Um, when a young player or a veteran play, when a young player like Lonzo Ingram or Kuzma get hot, Luke takes him out a little bit too early and then sits him for a little bit too long. His rotations are just very strange. Um, I don't think I will ever understand Luke Walton rotations, but then I watch Golden State Warrior games and I kind of see where he gets it from because Kerr sometimes has some boneheaded rotational patterns as well. A lot of Warrior fans complained about this in the 2016 finals, I believe, in which they lost. And then other like regular season games where they lose, they also critique Kerr's uh, rotation pattern. So I, I think Walton got it from that. Um, then you kind of look at how does Walton manage personalities. For the most part, pretty good. It's just he's too... I believe Rondo and Luke might be best friends because I don't understand... I don't know how to explain why else he would be getting that many minutes per game. Even when everyone was healthy, he was still closing games over certain players, still getting more minutes than certain players, yet he's been a train wreck. And the funniest thing, early in the season, uh, Sam Amick decided to publish a report about Lonzo's or Rondo's plus-minus after one game um, compared to Lonzo's. I respond the following game, well, what about tonight? And then he called it a victory lap when he was doing the same thing. Yet, he has not posted a single report since October about Rondo's plus-minus. I wonder why. Kind of like things turned out how obvious they were, who the better player was, what the, play, what the better fit was in Los Angeles. So just kind of funny, like, looking at 
the Rondo Lonzo situation, even the Rondo Caruso situation, which we'll talk about later in this episode. But again, we might be cursed, and whether that's with the front office just making terrible move after terrible move after it seemed like Magic and Polinka were good with this job last year, they were they were able to trade Clarkson and Nance for a first round pick. They were able to sign LeBron, and then after every single moment after signing LeBron, we've been cursed. So maybe this is our what did it cost? It costed everything type moment. Who knows if that's the case? Shit, but like, I don't know. I want to see Lakers games being played in May, in June again, and hopefully that happens sooner than later because like my patience isn't running out, but I don't know. It's it's just crazy. Like, I just was hoping this year would be different, and I'm going to say that a thousand times, but I really do wish this season was different. You see the Nets are going to make the playoffs with D'Lo. You see Zubak and uh, Lou Will will make the playoffs with the Clippers. You see Julius Randle putting up like 45-11 and 11 a couple nights ago. It's just crazy what could have been, what we could have had, what could have been our rotation. You see Brooke Lopez will be probably the number one seed in the East with Giannis. You see how he's playing with an all-time great, probably. And yeah. But let's get into the next topic. Let's kind of just like stop dwelling off of how depressing we are as a franchise. Um, later in the episode, I will talk about that horrendous game for, versus the New York Knicks, but right now it's going to be a little Lonzo-focused. It's a big off-season for Lonzo Ball. This is like, I don't want to be, like, reactionary or crazy, but this is probably the make-or-break season for Alonzo in Los Angeles, even if if he even gets that chance. This is, this is a very big season for him as a individual player for the progression of his career, for the progression of his health, for everything. Right now, it's seeming like he will be healthy for the first time in his NBA summer to be able to go through the NBA routine, uh, workouts, and training camp, and yada, 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 yada. It seems like he's going to be 100% healthy. He's already back with the team doing like individual drills, um, but he's going to be held out for the rest of the season during the tank, and we will start with the obvious things that Lonzo needs to work on. Um, free throw line, he, need, he needs to get there. Work on his free throw mechanics, uh, bending the knee just a little bit more. And we saw some videos. It looks like there is more bending of the knee. Um, I don't know if that's just because the ankle is a little bit sore, so he's bending that to put less pressure on the ankles. Um, who knows? I really don't know Like if that's just a thing that he's going to do while his ankle hurts or if he's actually trying to change his motion just a little bit. That's where it all starts because in playoff time, if you can't shoot free throws, you really cannot be out there on the court. And we're going to need one of our best players on this team to be out there doing what he does best, which is be a defensive pest, a team first player, a guy that actually will and will make a three when it counts in the fourth quarter. And yeah, we need that. There is a big contrast in watching Laker games when Lonzo plays compared to watching Laker games when Rondo plays. 
Um, you can check at the record for that, and also you can just tell. If you actually watch basketball and you enjoy watching basketball and you think you have some IQ of the game, it is glaring once you watch the difference between the Lakers play with Lonzo and the Lakers play with Rondo. And once you understand that, then we can talk basketball because I'm not this... I'm not some pretentious prick that thinks he knows everything, but if you watch the Lakers and you don't enjoy more of Lonzo and you don't see that they're a better team with Lonzo, then that's where our basketball conversations cease to exist. You and I can be cool, whatever, just don't talk basketball, we'll be straight. Um, Outside of his free throw shooting, just overall shooting, which, I mean, I know it's not a big leap, but he did shoot better from three this season. I believe it's at like 32.9, so that's 33%. It's like a three-point increase from last season. We need to see that go up another three to four to next season. Um, If he can get to 36 to 38 next season, um, that would be great. That'll help his true shooting percentage for those stat nerds that only look at the box scores. Uh, Get that field goal percentage up to like 44-45. I believe he took like a 4% increase this year. He's above 40, so all you nerds that say he's not even above 40% can shut the fuck up. Um... But yes, we need to also see more of the mid-range shooting. Um, It'll be interesting to see what he does with that, Um, especially when he's going to the right. Is he going to retool the entire thing for the mid-range, or is he going to keep shooting how he does from the three-point line, basically with his mid-range as well? Um, I'm going to say dribbling. I want to see him dribble a lot more next season. And you saw him start to dribble a lot once um, LeBron went out. You saw the confidence in himself kind of show. And if he can handle the ball like that next season, um, and if he's confident enough with the basketball in his hand next season instead of just passing it to LeBron at any time he can, we're going to be so much better of a team, and he's going to be so much better of an individual player if that. Also, he needs to work on his lower body strength. Last season, he wasn't able to do that because of the knee injury, but he's going to be healthy. Um, last year, you can definitely see that he definitely did work on like his upper body strength and you saw that in certain games when he was able to size people up down low, and we just need to see him kind of attack this offseason because this is the biggest offseason for him because this is what people start kind of like forming opinions on your third to fifth year. This is the beginning of that. With Julius Randle, we started to see more of what he could be. Um, in D'Angelo Russell's third season in Brooklyn, you didn't see much, but in his fourth season, you saw everything. Um, Same with Brandon Ingram. In his third season, the past two months, you saw what he can be. So this is just a big opportunity for Lonzo to finally kind of like come into his own and be more consistent with his um, game. And that all starts with being able to be out there on the court. And that starts with getting your body ready and that's what that lower body strength is for and I don't want to see Lonzo miss 30 games ever again in a season because it's happened back to back already I'm tired of that I need to see um, basically outside of I think he and Ingram are tied for my two favorite players on this team Um, and then it's probably like Kuzma Hart and then I guess LeBron but that's just how I am Um, I've been a Laker fan for 26 years. 
I'm not gonna say I've hated LeBron, but like there was some I didn't mind him losing in the finals type attitude towards him. So yeah, if he helps us win and wins finals MVP, he'll probably shoot up to number one. That's just how us Laker fans are. You don't fully win us over if you've played for other teams or whatnot until you win us a championship. But when we draft you, you get the entire package, whereas if you come from another team to Los Angeles, you kind of have to like prove you're a Laker. And it's, I know it's a very confusing like criteria, but it is what it is. Like we, it just, it's just that way. Um, another thing Lonzo needs to work on is his confidence. And like I said, consistency. If he stops passing it to LeBron every time they cross the half court, it'll show something. It'll show that he's confident in himself to say, hey, I have one of the best players of all time right next to me, yet I'm going to initiate the offense. And maybe that confidence helps with a new coach, because it definitely does not seem like Luke Walton has confidence in Lonzo Ball. Um, you saw that with the Rondo-Lonzo situation early in the season. Maybe you get a coach that instills that confidence in Lonzo, because... I don't know, does Luke Walton do that? Does Luke Walton make his players more confident? I don't know. Um, none of the reports that have come out this season have been positive about Luke Walton. Um, and it sucks that another Laker champion might or probably will get fired as a head coach because we've seen it with Byron. We've seen it with probably Luke. Um, if Magic doesn't turn it around in the front office, it'll suck to see him get fired or let go. So... Yeah, that's also just another... Th I don't I don't know if I want to hire from within anymore. I kind of just like want to hire out because I don't want to have these negative connotations with Magic, Luke, or Byron. I want to soak in, in the positive thoughts, the championships, the games in March, the just parades. I want to think of that instead of thinking of Tank Commander Byron Scott or Magic as the guy that let Julius Randle get away or... Luke as the guy that stunted Lonzo's growth and got him out of Los Angeles. Like I don't want to think of former Laker players in that situation, but we are where we are right now. Um, and not only confidence in Lonzo, I kind of want to see him just have that, and I'm not going to say Mamba mentality because, I mean, yes, I'd love him to have that Mamba mentality, but I just want to have him kind of learn when to take over games when to kind of just like facilitate I that's where Lonzo needs to thrive and it's kind of like that Jason Kidd type um, play style Jason Kidd knew when to take over and for the most part he was passive but then he would become aggressive and maybe even a little bit of LeBron I kind of want to see that in Lonzo next season but I just want to see more of a killer mentality in Lonzo than I do LeBron because Sometimes there's a point when LeBron's too passive, where he wants... Yes, he's going to get someone a wide-open shot, but do you want that person taking a wide-open shot? Do you want Brandon Ingram taking a corner three, or do you want a all-time great taking that shot? That's when it becomes that gray area, and more often than not, Kobe just shot the bitch in the gray area. LeBron normally passes that. Um, and I, I would want to see Lonzo kind of take more of those shots in the gray area instead of pass, and that's what I want to see next season, and that also would happen if he improves his shooting. Um, so it all kind of goes together. The lower body strength gets him to be more consistent, maybe instill some confidence. 
um, work on that shot to also get more confidence, work on the dribbling to get more confidence, free throw, more confidence. And then once all those click, maybe that killer mentality sparks. He goes back to UCLA Alonzo. He goes back to Summer League Alonzo. He goes back to the Alonzo we saw without LeBron. And I hope that's in Los Angeles because I I think Lonzo can be the best player of his draft class. And I know that's strange to say because we've seen De'Aaron Fox sort of make that leap this season, although the Kings have been winning a lot due to Buddy Heald. Um, you've seen it sort of from Tatum in a playoff series or a playoff year. Um, we've seen it from Mitchell. And I just I want the world to see what Lonzo can do once he's healthy. And um, yes, I want that to be in Los Angeles. I think he can go down as what third best point guard in Los Angeles history. Just like depends on like which point guards or what who which guards you classify as point guards in Los Angeles. Because like Kobe said the guards are kind of like blurring together in today's NBA and it'll just be hard to quantify who's a point guard, who's a shooting guard, who's a small forward, who's a power forward, who's a center. Um, and one of the players in Los Angeles that you can't almost quantify is was Pau Gasol always a power forward? Was he a center? What was his role in Los Angeles? I always say he was just a big, like who cares like what you want to classify him as? He was just a big uh, same with Odom. Was he power forward? Was he point guard? Or was he center? Was he small forward? Uh, was Kobe a two or a three or sometimes a one? Because he would bring the ball up as well. Just a ton of classifications to where I just I really think Lonzo could be a top player in Los Angeles history. But that's going to take a lot of good fortune with health. That'll take a lot of additions that fit Lonzo's play style. Um, I also think Ingram could be an all-time... I wouldn't I wouldn't say Lonzo and Ingram can be an all-time great because you just look at the all-time greats in Los Angeles. Do I think he sh- do I think they're Shaq, Kobe, Wilt, Kareem, Jerry, Magic, Pow? I don't know. I think they can be I mean, at least who would I say? Um I think they could all at least get to James Worthy, like at least um, Lonzo and Ingram and maybe even surpass that but that's just looking at potential um, kind of wishing as well but I mean the Lakers have been shit in Lonzo's absence we are what are we were 6-17 and 17 in the 23 games without Lonzo so yes we have a worse record without Lonzo than we did without LeBron that's kind of funny um, big yikes and I remember all of you guys that said Rondo is better than Lonzo like I it's just funny like and it is what it is it's just fucking jokes and that'll transition to our next topic um, and which is Brandon Ingram's health uh, we got great news about him personally it seems like he's going to make a full recovery not just in basketball terms but it seems like this was an isolated inc- incident and he won't have to worry about this or blood thinners for the rest of his life. It seemed like it was just a one-time thing. Um, I believe it was structural, not like um, the signs of something more severe or hereditary. So it just seems like it's going to be a one-time thing. I hope and 
although many people have spoken about it that it's not similar to Fultz. I just hope it doesn't go down that road because Fultz has been unplayable and the crowd of Philadelphia is kind of harsh on him and even opposing fans, myself included. Um, we probably didn't know the extent in which Fultz's shoulder was hurt like we do with Ingram's. Um, so there's two sides to where like, if we were more informed about what was actually happening with Fultz, we would have been more uh, sympathetic towards him and his recovery and whatnot. Like most of us NBA fans and all of us Laker fans are with Ingram, we are very hopeful that it's his health that comes first, basketball comes second. Um, we want him just to be healthy and live a, live a very long life. If he can come back and play basketball, great. But if not, we're still going to support Brandon Ingram, the player, the person, and whatever adventure he decides to go down later in his life. It is reported that he's going to make a full recovery and be able to play basketball again. There are many other incidences in which players have come back from something similar, like Tyreek Evans. Um, and the list is a lot longer. I just forgot most of the names. But again, key thing is health. Basketball will always come second. Make sure your health is always first. Brandon Ingram. Um, just very scary with someone so young. He's, what, 21? And was playing the best basketball of his NBA career. He was putting up stats that not a lot of people in the league were doing at the moment. And you just saw it. You saw him being able to hit three a little bit more consistently. You saw him hit almost every single mid-range shot he took. You saw him become more confident with finishing at the rim, um, dunking the ball instead of laying it up. You saw him shoot better from the free throw line. You saw what he can bring on defense. And, yeah, it was just a fantastic showing after the trade deadline. Even earlier than that, when he came back from December, I believe it was averaging from December through, like, February, whatever. He was averaging, like, 20 points in, like, a 35-game span or whatever, and... People act like it was just a small stretch. Now, that's pretty much half the season in which he was playing pretty fantastic basketball after he came back from the early ankle injury and the suspension. Um, and I know we get on the training staff and uh, medical staff of the Los Angeles Lakers, but I'm glad they caught this early. This is... There's a broke... The broken clock is right twice a day. This is their... This is their fucking one time that they get something right. And... Hey, bravo to you guys. We shit on you guys when you do terribly with misdiagnosing return times, which never seem to happen on track. But I'm glad you guys caught this early with Brendan Ingram. I'm glad that it seems like everything's going to be resolved in the proper way. But yeah, let's just hope Ingram is able to make a full recovery, come back to the Lakers as a basketball player. Um, he will have a very limited offseason if that is the case. Um, won't be able to do much cardio for the next three to four months, so it, it will take him a while to get back into the Ingram that we were accustomed to at the end of the season, but again, he's only 21. He has his entire career ahead of him if he's able to actually play the game of basketball. Um and honestly, if he's never plays a single game for Los Angeles again because of health, thank you. It was awesome watching you play. But again, best wishes, all of us Laker Nation that 
can, we'll pray that this was an isolated incident, that you can be a uh, member of the Lakers for a many, many, many years going forward. And yeah, all of us Laker Nation has love for Tiny Dog, for the Slender Man, and it was cool seeing like what he could do versus the... Um, What games were those? Uh, the Sixers, when he had a dunk on Corey Brewer, or when he played against the Pelicans. Um, he was just able to, to fucking fill the stat sheet. It's just shitty that those a lot of those big games came in losses because the bench was so horrendous. And that's just a point I'm going to drive home the entire episode and probably for the rest of the year. Our bench has been so terrible. I cannot wait until... Muscala, KCP, Lance Stevenson, Rondo, and JaVale, and um, did I mention KCP? I don't know if I can mention him enough, but I can't wait till he's gone, can't wait till Rondo's gone, Muscala, JaVale, Lance, um, Beasley's contract is gone as well, so I'm just hoping we don't fuck it up again next season, and there's a big, 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 big worry in the back of my mind that we do, but... Ingram deserves to play, play playoff basketball, just like Lonzo. They need a competent bench to be able to help them, so when they come out of the game, the rest of the team's not shit, but that just didn't happen this season. Um, but yes, next season will be a contract year for Ingram. Um, who knows how this all plays out due to health, due to whether he's in a different city next year or not. Um, and I've seen other people report that this hurts like Brandon Ingram's trade value with his health I hate like looking at it that way but like it's sort of true but it's just it sucks that that's an actual thing um his trade value should be tremendous because of how he's played yet something is something non-basketball related like a blood clot is going to keep him from actually not even just him his trade value his contract he should be getting if he continued to play that he showed for the last two months, he should be getting max money from the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I hope the Lakers don't use this against them because we're better than that as a franchise. Um, I hope we pay him what he's worth, not like a discount just because of his health. He deserves the financial stability that his play welcomes. And yeah, that's the last I'm going to speak on that. I just want us to do right by Brandon Ingram. I want us to be a model franchise. Um, don't want to be like the Celtics with their handling of players. I don't want to be um, yeah, it's basically it. Just don't be like the Celtics. Take care of your players and we haven't been doing well since um, after that Kobe contract that we gave Kobe. We haven't had the best handlings of um, players with uh, Powell left um, because we tried to trade him. Um, Randall probably left probably do the same thing. We traded D'Lo, we traded Clarkson, we traded Nance, we traded Lou Will, although we did trade Lou Will to a contender like he wanted, so that's an occasion in which we did do well. So I just want us to get back to where we took care of our own the correct way, paid them what they're worth, gave them the opportunity to succeed, and yeah. Let's talk about Kyle Kuzma next. Um, this will be like a short little discussion. Kyle Kuzma is just an interesting player, man. Um, I don't know how to like explain the full thing, but if he's actually like taking shots at LeBron like the way that 
um, a lot of the Twitter investigators like to work with, then he's fucking funny because um, we all know LeBron's very passive-aggressive in the media with his comments, and it seems like Kuzma is more like LeBron in that regards than I think any of our other players. Uh, you saw Kuzma tweet about Van Gundy's knowledge about basketball. Um, previous days before that, Van Gundy was on the air talking about how the Lakers should trade LeBron instead of the young guys. And it's just, it's fucking funny that um, this isn't an isolated possible occurrence with Kuzma. There was um, his, I believe he and his trainer were talking about the Lakers' struggles on Twitter when he was out, uh, when Kuzma was out with uh, Ingram and Lonzo losing games. Um, there was a Instagram picture of Kuzma plotting. Um, so yeah, if any of the shit is intentional, that's fucking funny. And even if it's not, it's still hilarious that this is getting talked about and and not it's not just one or two people in Laker Nation that's talking about this and investigating this, it's a lot of people. But let's talk about his on the court play. Um, his three point shot right now is just off. Not much more to say about that than it's just off. Um, it seems like the entire Lakers basketball three-point shot is off, and maybe we completely, stupidly avoided shooting this offseason, um, and maybe this is the results. Actually, not even maybe. This is the results when you don't prioritize the three-point shot. When Lonzo, who's at 33%, is one of our better three-point shooters, we're in a world of hurt, especially when it seems like he actually shoots better than 33%. I'm surprised that Kuzma's only like at 30-31. I'm surprised when Hart is only like at, I don't even know his three-point percentage, but it's probably not good. Um, so yes, Kyle, Kuzma's three-point shot has been off, but he's passing a lot more. Um, with Ingram out, with Lonzo out... Um, it opens up a little bit more time on the ball, and he's using that to pass. Um, we're kind of seeing different skill sets in Kyle Kuzma's game offensively. Um, defense, there's still a lot of work to do there, and maybe it's not him entirely because a lot of basketball is just team defense, and maybe Rondo being on the court hurts that. Um, and also, LeBron's not the greatest team defender, while individually... LeBron is still able to play defense, but team defense, it still seems that there's just a lot of individual play going on instead of team basketball, which Alonzo Ball brings, which even a Ka uh, Alex Caruso brings. Um, yeah, Kuzma is showing more of what he can do. He can basically bring the ball up court. We've known that, but he's just showing that more on a much larger scale. He's showing off that he can throw lobs, that he can dime, that he actually keeps his head up on drives which a lot of Laker Nation kind of said Kuzma's falling into that category of Randall where it's um, tunnel vision. But Kuzma's opening his eyes more, seeing more of the court, passing instead of jacking up another three-point shot. And also I'm glad Kyle Kuzma is probably going to go through his second season where for the most part he's healthy. That's a very big key. Um, this offseason is also going to be an important one for him. Three players I mentioned already, Kuzma, Brendan Ingram, Lonzo, this is a very important offseason because it's going to define their NBA career. If Lonzo can get healthy, 
he'll probably take a leap next year. If Ingram can return to basketball, he'll continue his leap. If Kuzma can kind of just get better defensively and improve that three-point shot, it'll be another big summer for him as well. Also, we don't know if those three guys will be in Los Angeles next season, so it's a big offseason for them. Um, and I know a lot of people say, hey, you get paid X amount of money to play basketball. Who cares where you play? It's going to weigh a lot on them this summer. Am I getting traded? Am I not? Who's going to be my coach? What am I going to do? They're all 21, 23-year-old players. They haven't been in this position before. Um, they're inexperienced at this. Um, so it's going to be a big off-season to where they need to, hell, need to hold themselves accountable, need to work, and need to do all these things. Just try and help the Lakers get back to where we all want them to be. Um, next topic is going to be the Alex Caruso resurgence. Um, the summer league legend is back playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it's interesting to note that while he wasn't particularly lighting up the G League, uh, he's been very much head and shoulders above Rondo in this recent stretch. Um, and it shouldn't come as a surprise for the people that watched Caruso play in Summer League or um, some of the games last season. When he's out there, he plays team basketball. He competes. Um, what he's done well this um, stint in L.A. is he's actually scoring a lot um, for the amount of minutes he's getting and the kind of player he is. Like I wasn't expecting that. Um, also, the steals and blocks. I believe he had like a five steal and, or five block and three steal game against the Knicks. His plus-minus has been so far ahead of Rondo that it's just insanity. The on-and-off net ratings with LeBron compared to with Caruso and with Rondo is just hilarious. Um, it just seems like Caruso is a player that can play with LeBron. Um, now, will Caruso be in Los Angeles next season? Who knows? It depends on... Um, how the Lakers spend their money, who they get. Do they get Kyrie? Do they get someone else? Do they get Dame in a trade? What happens with Lonzo? Yada, yada, yada. Um, I do think Crusoe can be a player in this league and will be a player in this league. He's not TJ McConnell, where I really enjoy watching TJ McConnell play, but I think he could be. Um, he just gets after it. He doesn't let not getting the ball affect him. He doesn't assist Hunt. He helps on defense. He's able to stay in front of his man on defense. Um, he helps with spacing as compared to Rondo, which does not. Um, we should have listened to our guts with Rajon Rondo. Yes, we all heard leadership. We all heard whatever. We all got infatuated of a playoff series versus Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but... I'll go out and say it, signing Rondo didn't help the Lakers at all. Maybe later down the road, he takes credit for mentoring some of these kids. Um, one thing you can say about Rondo is normally he is very helpful and supportive of helping young players, but you can do that, but you, you can also take away time from those young players developing, like Rondo did with Lonzo in certain games, with Caruso, I guess, 
if we want to add Caruso to our young core, even though Caruso is like 25. Uh, what about the Sacramento Kings where we include 26-year-old, 27-year-olds in our young core? Um, although Buddy Hield has been fantastic, and I will say Buddy Hield, if he continues this trend, might be an all-star next season if the Kings do make the playoffs. Um, but yes, we should have listened to our guts with Rondo. He is a player that beat us in the 08 finals um he's a celtic and yeah like i'm all for rondo being a coach next season anywhere i just don't want to see him in los angeles being a lakers player um by all means go get your assist records in phoenix and orlando just i and i will admit if he's here and we win with him next season. I will admit when I'm wrong. It's just I don't see him being a piece in which helps us win a title if we have Lonzo and LeBron. We already have two players that do what Rondo does in a much more team-friendly environment. And, yeah, um, this shouldn't be shocking to anyone. Rondo can get you... 10 and 15 almost every night if he is given the ball. He can fill up the stat sheet. He can get a triple-double. But it's going to be empty stats because it normally comes at the expense of the team. I did not think we would be hitting Rondo level or Tyler Ennis levels with Rajon Rondo, but we're there. And maybe Rondo looks so bad that it helps make Alex Russo look a little better. Maybe we're looking at it through with that lens. Um, but yeah, Caruso looks like he can play at the NBA level. Um, a lot of people are surprised at the sneaky athleticism, but he's just a gamer. Like, he's fucking fun to watch. Because um, you don't expect it looks like he's balding. You don't expect him to go out there and dunk on somebody or block somebody at the rim. But he can. You don't expect him to be as fast as he is because he's fucking balding as a 25-year-old guy. But it does look like Alex Caruso does deserve at least, even if he's not the backup for Lonzo next season, at least the third point guard on the roster. It would be cool to see LeBronzo as our starting lineup with LeBron and Lonzo, and then LeBron So with LeBron and Caruso kind of like splitting um, or being on the second unit together when LeBron comes back into the game. So that'd be kind of cool. You'd have LeBronzo and LeBronzo. So that'd be kind of cool to have. Um, but again, just drastically better than what Rondo has been on the court this season. Let's get to that Nick game. And this will be the last topic of the night. And look, I get it. I know the Lakers are trying to tank. I understand the concept of tanking. Trust me, us Laker fans know what tanking is because we've seen it for the past four or five years. Um, but I'm tired of tanking. I'm tired of losing basketball. Uh, the Knicks have a very good record against us versus, versus us since 2012-2013. It's That's not good. They've had their own problems, and yet their head-to-head have just wiped the floor with us, and it's been the case with a lot of teams. I believe we have the worst record since that time. Um, tired of it. I'm tired of getting embarrassed by below average teams not only did we lose to the Knicks earlier in the season without LeBron and without Rondo we lost to them with LeBron um, so for those LeBron stands that say hey like 
the young core shouldn't have lost to the Knicks, well, your goat just did. And not only did he lose, he got embarrassed by Mario Hasonja. Um, and this just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't want to see LeBron in a Lakers jersey getting blocked by Mario Hasonja that decides a NBA basketball game. I do not want... I don't want to see the Lakers' image like that. I don't want to see us lose a game in that fashion. Nor should we. How the hell do you not get past Mario Hazonja? Like, how do you not at least jump higher to where you don't... Like, I just don't get it. Like, how? Like, you're an all-time great, LeBron. Um, and I'm not trying to shit on you, but just How? How does Super Mario and Shannon went on whatever show he's on today propping up Mario so LeBron doesn't look as bad, but it's just just how. And then you saw the LeBron fans go after uh, Hito Turkoglu blocking Kobe in the finals, yet they don't realize that Kobe and the Lakers actually won that game and won that series 4-1 in the finals. Uh, and I believe they also got a clip of Patrick Ewing blocking Michael Jordan, but again... Patrick Ewing and Turkaloo in the finals is a lot bigger, like, comp-wise. Like, you understand that. Like, yes, you got blocked by Patrick Ewing. Yes, you got blocked. Kobe got blocked by, I believe, Hito Turkaloo is a little bit bigger than Kobe, like, height-wise. But, like, you get that Kobe came back and won that game with the Lakers in overtime, and they won that series 4-1. With Hazonja... Like, it's just, like, I, it sucks. Like, that's just a bad taste. Like, also, we let Kevin Knox, who, for the most part, couldn't hit the fucking ocean with a rock. He shot pretty well. Emmanuel Moutier played pretty well. Um, Zonja played well. Um, who else played well for them? Who was that? Lance Thomas, I didn't even know I was still in the league, was hitting shots versus us. And it's just a bad taste in my mouth losing at the Garden with LeBron. Um, when, like, I was, yes, we're trying to tank, we're trying to lose. I get it. We're already in that, like, 9 or 8 to, like, 13 range where is it really going to affect that much? Like, I'm just frustrated of losing basketball. Like, I get it. Does this tank help with a better pick? Sure. But for as much chance as we have um, getting a better pick in this lottery, other teams behind us can also jump us. And I'm a big believer in the basketball gods being nice to the people that don't actively tank. So who knows what holds in our future. Um, we look across the hall in Staples. The Clippers said fuck their pick. They could have folded, they could have sat Lou Will, they could have sat Montrez Harrell and said, you know what, we want our pick this season, we're going to miss the playoffs. They said, fuck that. Yes, we traded away Tobias Harris, but we still have Danilo, Lou Will, and Montrez, and plenty of other players that can help us make the playoffs, and they went for it. They said, you know what, fuck it, Like, let's just make the playoffs be a better place for free agents to come and join and honestly their situation looks miles and miles ahead better than us and that's sickening we have LeBron 
We should be the franchise in Los Angeles. Not even just that. We're the Lakers. They're the Clippers. That's all that needs to be said. Yet, Jerry West is running laps around Majinka and Genie, and it's just not even fair. Like it's 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 shitty. And look, not to dwell on what Kobe would have done, because yes, does it get tiring as a Laker fan that whenever Braun or someone else fucks up in a Lakers jersey, we think of Kobe? Is it fucked up? Sure. But we're used to winning. When Kobe failed in um, Utah in, what, 98, 99 with those air balls, I'm assuming I was like four at the time. or wait, No, I was probably like six. I'm assuming the older generation was kind of comparing what Kareem, Worthy, and Magic would have done in that situation. Worthy Los Angeles Lakers. We are a title-winning franchise. Not just one. Not just like two or three. Multiple. We have, what, 11 in Los Angeles? Five in uh, Minnesota? Um, We have 10 since basically the modern NBA started. So, like, we are used to winning basketball. We are used to seeing June. We are used to seeing the Larry O'Brien trophy held up. We're used to seeing stars take over and close the game out. Yet, with LeBron this year, there's been cases where that's just not the case. He was 4 of 15 last night versus the Knicks. That's not going to cut it. This is a team that's also trying to lose, and he went 4 of 15. So what does it say that we lost to another team that's trying to lose with LeBron? I don't know. We're just not the situation that I thought we would be going into the offseason. I thought, hey, first round at the worst Western Conference Final at the best. Instead, we are 31 and 39, just like we were last year. Hell, we might not even hit 35 wins. Keep in mind, Ingram missed close to 30 games last season, I believe. Uh, Lonzo missed 30 plus. So, hey, like, it's looking funny in Los Angeles, and I'll just leave it at that. And. Again, we're missing. We missed a closer last year. That was our problem. We couldn't close games out. It seemed like Randall was by himself uh, because you had Alonzo and Ingram injuries. Um, and even when that would happen, sometimes Randall would get sat in the fourth. Um, and you'd see him and Luke kind of get into it on the sidelines, but it seemed like more of just like a conversation. But that might have been like an eye opener for. A lot of us are saying, hey, like, maybe this isn't just a one-player type thing. Maybe Luke just has no idea. And, again, not to dwell on missing Kobe, but, man, there's that's a different story for a different time. I just miss the 2012-2013 season. I miss a player putting the team on his back and just saying, fuck it, I'm going out and we're going to win. And I'm going to guarantee playoffs and we're going to make it. I'm not going to say activated, and then we're 2-8 and eight in our last 10. But again, that's just, it is what it is. The chips fell where they fell. Uh, top to bottom in Los Angeles needs to be better in L.A. And like I said, I'm not entire. I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to place the blame on LeBron, Lonzo, Ingram, or Kuzma, but they're not... Um, They're not absent from critiques as well. There's things that 
they should receive a little bit of the blame for what went on this season, but again, everyone needs to be held accountable in Los Angeles. This isn't Cleveland. This isn't Miami. We need to hold people accountable for when they fuck up, when things happen. Um, maybe you force your team to trade everyone and get these players. Who knows? Who knows what the hell happens? But whatever, man. This is... At this point, the Lakers are just the comedy show that I'm watching for the rest of the season. Uh, still love them to death. Still will support and buy their shit. But I'm getting tired of this. My biggest fear in life is the Los Angeles Lakers becoming the New York Knicks, where we do not win a championship for 40-plus years, where I'm, what, and if we went 40 years without winning a championship, I'd be, like, what, 50, 55? God, I'd be a 55-year-old sitting at the bar talking about Ron Artest hitting a three, um, Sasha hitting free throws, Kobe being a maniac on the glass and still hitting clutch shots in the fourth, uh, Pau Gasol scream against KG after the and one, which might have been a jump ball. I'll admit that maybe, maybe, whatever. Um, I really don't want to be a 55-year-old at the bar talking about the last time the Lakers won a championship, which was in 2010, which I intended the parade. Um, good God, the entire parade smelled like weed. Um, that shit was hilarious. I was like an 18-year-old experiencing like that kind of like at big atmosphere for the first time and I miss it I miss the parade I miss seeing um, the funny thing was meta with the cigar in his mouth um, yes I miss being on Figueroa I miss miss that shit so it is what it is um, this has been Daniel belts more losses are incoming um, in Los Angeles we're gonna shit we might even lose 50 games this season uh, we play the Bucks tomorrow and that's another scheduled L so yep we'll be what wait, are we, no we're 31 and 30 right now hey tomorrow's probably 40 losses so congrats on that um, until the next time we speak I advise all of you Laker fans to stress less about the Lakers and have fun in your personal lives make sure you check out uh, Hoops and Bruises newest podcast and uh the stuff that Tom or TPJ put on the website today for the merch section. It's the You Do Good Dope and um, the Hoops and Brews logo on like a t-shirt or hoodie. Uh, make sure you check those out and buy it and listen to all of our content that we're pushing out. Um, we appreciate that a ton. And like I said, this has been Daniel Belt. And until the next time we speak, go Lakers. I can take